I think it's important that we come expecting not just to come into a building to hear a message, sing a couple songs, and then go home and watch football. Those are all great things. But I think it's important that we come, as we come to church, that we come expecting something from the Lord, that we expect to meet Jesus Christ in this building. Because Jesus is here with us today. He's here, and he, he, he doesn't come here to just, uh, to just smile at us. He doesn't come here to just wink at us. He comes here to change us and make us new creations and new people and to, to leave here better than we were when we came into this place. Do you guys believe that today? I believe that, and, and even as we as I talk about change there for just a moment, it's, it's uh, January 10th, I believe, today, uh, December 31st, we all get geared up, and we're like, okay, I'm changing. January 1st is tomorrow. It's a new day. It's a new beginning. It's a brand new start. It's a new year. We make these, these New Year's resolutions, and, and the worship pastor kind of focused on that and kind of mentioned that for a minute. We make uh, these resolutions that we're going to change some things in our lives, and how many people made resolutions this year? couple people how many people are still on those resolutions a couple people and that's where it gets hard right December 31st we are all excited I'm ready to take on the world I am changing some things in my life and I'm never going back and then January 10th comes and we look and we say man that is way too hard that was way too big I don't have the strength the energy and the stamina to do the things that I put in front of me and that old machine that we have, our treadmill or whatever it is, that exercise machine becomes a coat rack once again. <laughs> All the health food that we bought on December 31st, that it gets pushed to the back of the cupboards, and maybe next year we'll get to that. Because change is hard. Change is hard for everybody. Change is especially hard when you don't have the power, the strength in and of yourself to, to make the changes that you want to make. Change is a, is a hard thing to do. Change is especially hard for people in church. Right? It's really hard. If, if, if you don't think change is hard for people in church, sit in somebody else's seat next Sunday morning. You'll see how hard change is, right? right? We don't have assigned seats in church, right? But we have assigned seats in church, and you better not be sitting in mine, brother. Because my whole day is going to be wrecked if you sit in my church. I won't be able to listen to the pastor. I won't be able to worship the Lord. My whole day is going to be ruined. I might as well go back to bed and just call it a day. Because change... It's hard, and that's what I want us to look at today, is I want us to dive deep today into looking at a God who, at his core, is interested in changing us. A God who never changes is most interested in changing me and you as we follow him. And that's a hard thing to do because we're going to realize and we're going to see in God's word that we don't have the power, we don't have the strength to change us, but God does. When we're weak, he is strong. And most of us, if we would be honest with ourselves and we would look deeply at ourselves, we'd, we'd admit, man, I'm a weak person when it comes to change. It's a hard thing to do, but God at his core wants to change us. Change is a scary thing. And maybe that, maybe that thought of changing, maybe the thought of even God changing you is a scary thought. Um, because we get comfortable where we are. We get very comfortable in, even if we're doing something wrong, and even if we know we should be over here and we're way over here, we get comfortable here. And I like being comfortable. And when I change, I have to move over here and I have to start to get uncomfortable because I'm doing things I've never done before and God is changing in me things that I've never done before. Um, so change is a hard thing, even though we know it's up to the Lord, even though he, we know he's changing us, change is a hard thing. This is what Jesus says in Luke 9.23. When people were coming to Jesus, they were uh, starting to follow him. This is the, the ground uh, rule he laid out for them in Luke 9.23. He says this, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Now, to do what Jesus just said there requires a lot of change. To follow him, to lay your life down, to say, Lord, not my will anymore, not my plan anymore, not my purposes anymore, but I'm going to lay all those things down, Lord, and I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to follow your will, your desires. 
what you tell me to do. That's a lot of change, but that's what Jesus, I love the thing about, one of the things I love about Jesus is, is he doesn't sugarcoat anything, and he doesn't leave us guessing at what he wants us to do. He says, if you want to follow me, lay all your stuff aside and pick up what I want to give you, which is much, much better anyway, and come and follow me. Jesus doesn't leave us guessing what he wants us to do. He says to deny ourselves. Because our God is all about change. Again, the God that never changes is interested in our change. And it's a beautiful thing that our God initiates the change that he wants to see in us. He will initiate the change in you. He doesn't leave it up to us to figure it out. He will start to initiate some changes through his Holy Spirit, through conviction, through his word. He will initiate the change that he wants to see in our lives. But he doesn't leave us. He initiates the change, but he also he doesn't leave us alone in the change. He doesn't come up to us and say, Mark Porter, I need you to be way over here. This is what I need you to do. This is, this is where I, I, know, I know you should be. Now go figure it out. He says, no, Mark, this is where you need to be. Through his word again, through his Holy Spirit, through conviction, through the church, through people around us. He says, this is where you need to be. But I'm not just going to leave you there. I'm going to help you walk through it. I'm going to get you through it. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to lead you. You're not alone in this. So don't ever think just because we have to change, it's all up to us. It's really up to the Lord. So what we want to do here, just for a few minutes, we want to look at change because something has got to change, right? Something's got to change, Awakening Church. Look at somebody sitting next to you and say, something's got to change, yo. Something's, say yo. You, gotta leave, you can't leave that part out. Something's got to change. Yo, we're from the beach and we talk. That's not even cool anymore to say yo anymore, but... We'll skip right past that because I believe all of us at our core, we all know that we've got to change. We all know that the Lord needs to do something in our lives. We all know, right? I know there's this list that the Lord wants me to, 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 better, to, to be better at or to do better, to do more things for his kingdom, to do more things for him. There's things that have to change in my life, and I have to constantly come to the cross and lay these things down. All of us at our core know there are things that we have to change, but most of us are, are not powerful enough to do it. So we turn to something in someone who is much, much more powerful than us. Someone who has a greater plan. Someone who has the strength to get us where he needs us to be. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at God's word about change. We're not going to listen to, to what I think you need to do. We're not going to listen to what I think about change. You're not going to hear my opinions or my viewpoints. We're going to look at God's word and see what he has to say. So if you have your Bibles, Isaiah chapter 42, verse 16 is where we're going to start. Isaiah 42, 16. It's going to be on the screen there too, but if you have your Bibles, I want you to see that these are not my words these are God's words to us uh, because his words are much, much more, uh, have much more meaning, much more power than anything I can ever say. Now, Isaiah, just a quick backstory of what's going on here. Isaiah was a prophet in the Old Testament. Uh, what a prophet would do is he would speak from the Lord, for the Lord. He would get a message from the Lord. He would hear it, and then he would go and tell the people. The problem with Isaiah was he had a, uh, he had a message that nobody wanted to hear. Nobody wanted to hear Isaiah's message of change, that, that, that Israel had gone away from what they once were. They had gone away from the Lord that loved them, the Lord that they loved, and they had wandered away. And the Isaiah keeps saying, come back, return to the Lord. You need to change your ways. You need to turn your direction and come back to the Lord. But nobody wanted to hear it, much like my mom when I was a teenager. Nobody wanted to hear their mom when they were a teenager. You, didn't know, you don't know what you're talking about. Ain't nobody got time for you, Mom, right? I got this thing figured out. That's what it was for Isaiah. Uh, so he's telling them this message, and nobody wants to listen to it, much like us. Sometimes the Lord has been telling us over and over again for years, for months, for weeks, for days maybe, man, I need you to do something. I need you to move over here. And you just say, no, Lord, not right now. Maybe next year. Maybe 2017 will be the year that I finally do this that you're telling me to do. Uh, 
But don't run from the Lord when he's trying to change you. Run to him instead. So we read Isaiah 42, 16. We read this and it says, I will lead the blind in a way that they do not know, in a path that they have not known. I will guide them. I will turn the darkness before them into light, the rough places into level ground. These are the things that I do. I do not forsake them. Let's pray real quick, and then we'll dive into God's word. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for this church. Lord, I pray that you would open our ears and open our hearts to hear a message unchanged, sometimes a difficult message, but I pray that we would hear from you today. Lord, I pray that you would meet us here today. It's in Jesus' beautiful name we pray. Amen. Amen. So let's dig into what we're seeing here. First part of that verse says, I will lead the blind in a way that they do not know. Uh, In paths that they have not known, I will guide them. Now, if you're going to take notes, and you don't have to, but if you are, here's a great thing to to, to write down. Blind people cannot see, okay? I don't know if you know anything about blind people. Blind people cannot see. That's a joke there. You guys can laugh here. If you've got to tell people it's a joke, it's not really a joke, so maybe that's not... Yeah, we got one. We got one left. Thanks, GJ. Gotcha, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> blind people cannot see, and so if blind people cannot see, they do not like the uncomfortable. They do not like to be put in, uh, in in situations that are new to them, right? If you were bringing a blind person up here to speak on this platform, they want to know exactly where this chair is, so they don't run into it. They want to know exactly where this podium is, so they don't run into it. They want to know that this step is three steps forward, and then you got to step down. They don't want to fall, right? That's why they like. They're comfortable. They like to be in their own homes, in their own places, because it's a comfortable place. They know where everything is around them. They don't have to guess, because not being able to see is a hard thing to negotiate, right? It's what a blind person does. But if we would look at ourselves, we're really not much different than blind people. We like to be comfortable. I like to be in surroundings that I know. I like to be, be around people that I know. I like to go to churches where I know the people, where I know the songs, where I know nobody's going to sit in my seat, and where I know what's going to happen during the program, right? We like the comfortable. Everything we like about uh, most of the things that we like, it, it's, we like it because it's comfortable to us. There's nothing wrong with being comfortable. But the Lord here says, I'm not doing that anymore. I will lead the blind in a way that they do not know. Something new is happening here. Something is changing here in paths that they have not known. I will guide them. The Lord is saying, yo, something's got to change. The path that you've been walking down. The way you've been going, the way you've been living your life, no, we're not going that way anymore, and it's going to be uncomfortable, and it might make you feel a little bit uneasy, but it's going to be for your good. We're going to go down a new path. We're taking a new direction. 2016 is not going to be like 2015. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to take you down a new, uh, a new way. The Lord is saying something's got a change, not the same old path of heartache and pain, not the same dead path that have led to destruction, misery, and guilt. No, something has got to change, and we're going to do something new, something unfamiliar, and this takes faith. This takes a huge amount of faith. This takes faith in God, a God who says he will do what he says he will do. I have to put my faith in the Lord when he says, hey, I'm going to take you down something you've never even been down before in a new direction. I have to trust God, and that takes a lot of faith. It takes Abraham kind of faith. Abraham, in, in, in Hebrews chapter 11, when, 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 the, when the word of God is talking about Abraham, it says this, he went out not knowing where he was going. Abraham went out, left everything that was comfortable to him, left everything he had ever known, and the Lord comes to him and says, Abraham, we're going in a new direction, but I'm not telling you where we're going. And Abraham picks up everything he has, everything he owns. He takes his whole family, and he starts following the Lord, not knowing where he's going. Not something that I feel comfortable doing. 
When, when the Lord called us to California, I want to know exactly where we were going in California. I want to know the apartment. I want to know the address. I want to know the people. I want to know our neighbors. I want to know everything about it. But when God came to Abraham, he said, no, I'm not going to tell you anything. I'm just going to see if you, will, if you will pick up what you have, have faith in me, trust in me, and walk this journey with me, knowing that I want what's good for you, knowing that I have what's good for you, knowing that I won't lead you into destruction, but I'll lead you into the promised land. Do you trust me? And that's the kind of faith that the Lord wants us to have as we follow him, as, we, as he leads us and as he guides us into change. But again, because, again, change is hard. We know we need to move. We know we need to change. We know we need to take that first step. Something's got to change. But, again, change is hard. When you want to be over here, but you've been over here for far too long, when you know that the Lord is calling you to, to, to be over here, to be this kind of person, to make these kind of changes, but you've been over here for years, and you can see over there, but you have no idea how to get there. You know that's where you're supposed to be. You know that's what you're supposed to be doing, but you've been way over here for far too long. And again, you get comfortable here, even when you know it's not where you're supposed to be. But it's comfortable. So how do I get over here? How do I jump over this mountain that's ahead of me to get to the spot, to get to the promised land, to get where God wants to lead me and guide me? And change is especially hard. When we come to the realization that us in our own strength can never get there. I say that again. Change is especially hard when you come to the realization that you in your own strength are powerless to do it on your own. Meaning we're powerless to change most of the things that we want to change in our life. We can change some little things. We can change some superficial things. We can change maybe the things we eat, the way we look, put some makeup on, cover ourselves, do whatever we got to do. But the Lord's not interested in superficial change. The Lord is interested in deep heart change. Heart change. Deep, deep inside each and every one of us, there is a thing called sin. And the Lord is looking intently at our hearts and saying, no, we've got to do some heart, some, some rearranging of the wires here. We've got to do some serious heart, uh, 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 heart work here. And so it's not just a superficial change that many of us make on December 31st. It's just kind of, I hope I lose some weight. I hope I do this better. I hope I'm not mean to my mom anymore. Lord is saying, no, no, there's a much, much deeper thing going on here. There's a sin inside of you, and we need to get to the heart of the matter. We need to change those things. So change is especially hard when you come to the realization that you and your own strength are powerless to do it on your own. It's a hard place, but it's also one of the most beautiful places because it's here in this place of heartache, in this place of hardship, that the Lord is closer than ever before. The Lord, again, he doesn't leave us in the middle of us. He's closer here when, I, when he wants to change us. It's here that the Lord's arms are outstretched towards us. It's here that his comforting touch and his soul-quieting presence comes in and gives us peace in the middle of our storms. It's here that the Lord's, the Lord's arms come around you and you feel his love, his peace, his grace, and his mercy like you've never felt before. So instead of running from the Lord and change, we need to run to the Lord and change because he wants what is best for us. Now, after the Lord says he's going to take us down a new road, a road that we do not know, it says that I will guide them. And this powerful truth is what prompted Abraham to move and to follow the Lord. He said, I will guide you. Again, I'm not going to just tell you to change and then leave you on your own. I'm going to, I'm going to guide you. I'm going to take you down the direction. I'm going to be your GPS for you. I'm going to get you where you need to go if you just keep following me. Over and over again in the Gospels, Jesus kept saying the same thing to, to, to everybody that would come to him. He, he said, follow me. Follow me. You want to come after me? Follow me. Don't stop following me. Don't take your eyes off me. Follow exactly where I'm going to go. And you'll see change happen in your life. And that's what we and you have to do is just to keep following after Jesus. And then the Lord says this, <clears throat> into this verse, says, I will turn the darkness before them into light. 
the rough places into level ground. These are the things that I do, and I do not forsake them. There is no question here about who is doing the change. This doesn't say these are the things that I need you to do. This says these are the things that I do. The Lord speaking. These are the things that I do. <clears throat> it's, 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 the, the message here isn't try a little bit harder. The message here isn't go and change yourself. The message here isn't pull yourself up by your bootstraps and hope that you can get it together, brother. I've heard far too many times as I've come to different churches, not this church, but some other churches, I've heard that even pastors that say, man, you just need to try a little bit harder. You need, to, you need to read your Bible a little bit more. You need to come to church more faithfully. It, it, it's all on you. But here in this verse, it says, these are the things that I do. <clears throat> the Lord is doing these things. It's not about us. It's about him, him changing us, making us who we need to be. This is a supernatural change. Again, not this superficial change, but supernatural change that the Lord is trying to do here. <clears throat> many, uh, many of us, especially, again, towards the beginning of the year, we said, man, this, these are the things that I want to change. And we say, Lord, change me. Lord, change me. Make me who you want me to be. Lord, change me. Or, or, or more importantly, sometimes what, here's what we say. is We say, Lord, I want to change. And then we leave the, the, the line blank there. And we say, we list a couple things that we want to change in our lives. Lord, I want to change. Lord, I want to change. Lord, I want to change. But instead of just saying, Lord, I want to change, what would happen if we started praying, Lord, change me? Getting down on our knees getting serious with the Lord, going back to that cross after service and not worrying about what anybody thinks about me and going back there and being real with another person in this church and saying, these are the things that I need help with. And I've been trying for years to get past this and nothing is working. And I'm going to come back to this cross and I'm going to get real and I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to give it over to the Lord and I'm never going to pick it back up again and I'm going to leave it there at the cross of Jesus Christ. Lord, change me. You see the difference there with that saying, Lord, I want to change, and then praying, Lord, change me? Big difference there, and that's what I think the Lord wants us to do. Saying, saying Lord, I want to change, so help me, God. Being real, being open, and being honest. Laying things down before the Lord. Now, this, this does not end here. Isaiah, next chapter, verse, uh, chapter 43, verse 18 the Lord keeps hammering this message. The Lord, I mean, Isaiah's message never changes. Ezekiel's message never changes. All the old prophet messages never change. It's repent, turn back to the Lord, come back. Something's got to change. I need to do some changes in you. In Isaiah chapter 43, 19, the Lord says this, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. I'm going to stop there. That's the only part of the verse we even need to look at. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Something has got to change. He's saying, look, I'm going to do it. It's not you changing yourself again. I am doing a new thing. The Lord wants to do a new thing in your life here today. As you came into church, as you came into this building, as you came into 2016, maybe you kept carrying that same baggage from 2015. The Lord's saying, no, no, man, I'm doing a new thing. That old stuff, that stuff that's burdened you, that stuff that's weighed you down, that stuff that has, 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 has taken your mind to places over and over and over again. We're not going back there again. We're never going to visit that again. I am doing a new thing. And if we think about it, this is Jesus' message. This is the message of the cross. I'm doing a new thing. I'm coming in and I'm going to make some changes in you that you cannot change about yourself. I'm going to come in and I'm going to save you because you can't save yourself. This is what Jesus screams from the cross. I am doing a new 
saying the old thing wasn't working. You can't save yourself. No amount of Bible reading, prayer, dedication, church attendance will ever save you. But Jesus will. And he says, I am doing a new thing. Behold, I am doing a new thing. And when we cry out to the Lord in prayer to change us, not just saying change me, but praying on our knees with all that we are in faith from a deep, deep place inside of you, this is what the Lord wants to do. And this is exactly what happened in my life. I shared my testimony before, so I'm not going to go into to the deep uh, details of it, but I was in, I was, uh, moved to Ocean Beach when I was 23 years old. Life was a train wreck. Drugs, alcohol, and you name it had ruined my life crying out to who I didn't even know, didn't, didn't, never went to church, didn't grow up in church, but I had no background of who I could even cry out to, didn't know what Jesus was or who he was, didn't know what salvation meant, but I was just broken. My life was a train wreck as I lived in Ocean Beach, moved to Iowa to get away from where I was, where my mother was living, got thrown in jail, got thrown in prison, went in and out of treatment, you name it, I did it. All the while screaming, change me, change me, change me, I even know who I'm screaming to. On December 21st, 2007, I was going back to prison for the third time. Third time. Didn't know what was going on. I had tried everything that man had told me to do to change myself. And I kept getting worse. Not getting better. Kept getting worse. Read every self-help book you could ever give me. If if self-help books worked, why are there like 10,000 of them? (laughs) Right? Something's wrong there. There's one self-help book. And Jesus wrote it, right? It's the word of God. December 21st, 2007, I'm on my knees in a prison, going back to prison, in jail, going back to prison for the third time. I know it was going to go a while for, go away for a while. And I got real with the Lord, and I said, Lord, I don't know who you are. I don't even know who I am anymore. But if you will change me, I'll do anything you want me to do. If you will change me. I went to bed that night, and I woke up a brand new person. The Lord invaded my heart, not in a church, wrong with getting saved in a church not with a pastor nothing wrong with getting saved with a pastor but me and the lord having a talk in a dirty nasty jail cell in iowa and he saved me and he started making some change in my life he invaded my heart that night and made some radical changes in me and he is still making some radical changes in me today this this message of change isn't just about salvation i think so many times that's what we think it's all about that once you get saved then i'm good but once we get saved, yeah, a big thing. We have eternal life with Jesus Christ, and that's a huge thing. Let's not look past that. But that's not the only thing. There's sanctification, which is just a big fancy word of walking with the Lord, getting closer to him, looking more and more like him each and every day. And so once we're saved, God's main purpose is still changing us to make us more like his son, to make us more like Jesus Christ, to make us look uh, like light. We, Jesus said that we are the light of the world. And unless I'm continually being changed by Jesus, I'm shining my light. But as Jesus continues to change me, to make me look more like him, I'm shining his light. And that's what the world needs to see. The world doesn't need to see Mark Porter. The world needs to see Jesus. And when we're being changed, when we're allowing ourselves to be changed, that we continue to submit to the cross, the Lord continues to change us. Behold, I am doing a new thing because, again, something has got to change. And the Lord came in and changed my life. And the glorious thing about that whole story is that when I cried out to the Lord, the Lord heard me. Just like when you cry out to the Lord, the Lord hears you. He doesn't have deaf ears towards us. He's not looking down on us going, man, that lady again, she's going to ask me again for the same thing again. 
the Lord is saying, keep coming. You're my daughter. You're my son. I care about everything that you care about. Keep coming. Do not stop. Do not relent coming to me. I'm so thankful I had a mother that prayed and for years and years and years prayed the same stinking prayer over and over and over again. And the Lord heard her and never once did the Lord say, Marianne, get over it. <laughs> Marianne, get past that. He said, keep coming. Watch what I'm going to do. I hear you. And I'm going to do something. Not in her timing, but the Lord did do something. So the Lord will hear you. He'll hear your cries. Keep coming back to the Lord. Um, he's been radically changing me ever since. Uh, there's still a million things that I need to have changed in my life. You can talk to my wife later. She'll probably say there's two million things that need to be changed in my life. But it, the, the, the beautiful thing is, is that the Lord will continue to change us. He saves us and then he changes. God changes us to make a change in the world around us. The, the change that the Lord makes in us, and here's sometimes where we get this wrong, the changes the Lord makes in us are not really even about us. The, Lord, the, the changes the Lord made in me are not really even, weren't really about me. The Lord changed me to set me on mission for him. The Lord changed me so I can make much of his name. The Lord changed me so that I could show people who he is. The Lord changed me so that I would shine brightly for him. And he changes you for the same reason. God changes us to put us on mission for him, to give, us a, uh, to give our lives a divine purpose and to give our lives a divine presence. God changes us, not just for us. He changes us so that we can be an agent of change in the people around us. We can be reconcilers of those around us. God blessed Abraham so that he could be a blessing. And God blesses us so that we can be a blessing to the people around us. It's not about us. We need to get our eyes in Christianity. We need to get our eyes taken off of us and our eyes, one, for one, put back on the cross and our eyes, for two, to get put back on the hurting people that are all around us. Because everybody's got a mission. Everybody in this, everybody in this church today has a mission. Maybe not to be a pastor. Maybe not to play on a worship team. But everybody in here has a mission from God. And you can affect people that nobody else will ever touch if you allow God to change you and if you allow yourself to sometimes get uncomfortable around you. He saved me, put me on mission for him. He saved my wife, put her on mission for him. He brought us back to Ocean Beach to start Regeneration Church for him. Again, this change wasn't about me. It was about going back to where the, the hurt and the pain and the loss and suffering had taken place and going back there and spreading the gospel message, the life-giving, eternity-altering message of Jesus Christ, sharing that with the people who are not hearing that message right now. We want to see new life. We want to see life transformation. We want to see people being changed by God. That's what regeneration is, a new life. Our key verse for our church is, is, is Titus 3, 5, and it says this, He saved us, God saved us, <clears throat> not because of works done by us in righteousness. So God saved us, not because of anything we did. He saved us because of everything he did. He saved us because of the cross of Jesus Christ, because he loves us. So he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing and regeneration and the renewal through the Holy Spirit. God takes us in our brokenness, and he washes us clean. And he gives us a new mission. And he takes us from way over here and he puts us right over here where we need to be. And he says, now go and live that out. Go shine brightly for me. And he wants to do the same thing in your life today. No matter where you are, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what you did last night, no matter what you're thinking right now, God wants to do the same thing in your life today. There is no sin. There is no pain. There is no guilt. There is nothing in your past that is bigger than the cross of Jesus Christ. Nothing. Jesus paid it all. 
you will come running to him, if you will bow yourself down to him, if you will lean on him. Jesus kept saying over and over again in the Gospels, come to me, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Some of us are so tired from running and running and running and trying to change ourselves and change ourselves and change ourselves. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 please stop. Just come to me. Come to me. And I will give you what you are so desperate for. I will give you the rest that you so desperately need, but you won't take the time to take it. Kerry spoke of it a little bit, too. He's just been running and running. I don't know exactly what's going on there, but Jesus maybe was saying, Kerry, just come and get some rest, brother. Come get some rest. And sometimes he'll use crazy ways to get us. Sometimes to get, to get us to get to the change that he needs us to get to, he'll drag us kicking and screaming through the valley of change, dragging our feet, saying, no, 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 no. And God's just saying, yes, 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 pulling us to get us where we need to be. I'm going to close with this, church. It's a, it's a, uh, what I want you to see is that this message of change is not just the Old Testament, but it's also all the way through the New Testament. Everything that anybody ever preached was on change. Paul, uh, in, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, has a beautiful verse. A verse when I read it in prison, I said, this cannot be true. There is no way. This could not be what God has for me. But God says, yeah, it's exactly what I have for you. And it's not just for you. It's for anybody that will come after me. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are gone. Behold, all things have become new. That is a beautiful verse. If anyone is in Christ. Is there an anyone in here today? We're all anyone's, right? If anyone is in Christ, if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, if you have confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you are in Christ. You are a blood-bought believer of Jesus Christ. You are anyone is in Christ. He is a new creation. New creation. The old has passed away. All that old stuff, all your shame, all your guilt, all your pain, all your misery, all that stuff that's in this closet in your head where you don't want anybody to know about. But God knows it, and God sees it clearly. This verse is saying that all that is passed away. All that stuff is dead. Confess it to the Lord and then get rid of it because it is dead. As far as the east is from the west, it is dead. It is no longer in your life. It is no longer who you are. You are no longer this person that that got made fun of in high school. You are no longer this person that couldn't get along with anybody. You are no longer this person that has been divorced or has an alcohol problem or has a drug addiction problem. Old things have passed away. They're dead. And then the beautiful news is, behold, the new has come. In the uh, New King James Version, it says that uh, all things have become new. All things have become new. I love the all right there. All things have. If you're taking notes again, here, check this out. In the Greek, I looked up that word all, and it means all. All <laughs> things have become new. Mind blown again. I know. I am keep inviting this dude back to your church, right? All things have become new. How glorious is that? Not just a few things. God isn't just, and see, see, I think when we come to the Lord with change, I think we're like, okay, God, um, I got a cussing problem. I say way too many bad words. Not me, but maybe that's somebody in here. I've got a cussing problem. But God's saying, no, 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 brother, you got bigger than a cussing problem. You've got a heart problem. You've got an anger problem. You've got this problem. You got, it's that, that's the symptom of the problem. But this is the root of the problem over here. So I'm not even, when we come to the Lord, he said, I'm not just going to change this little thing. I'm going to change everything about you. That's why as we get closer to the Lord, sometimes we feel like we've got so much further to go. 
is God keeps revealing things in us and he keeps taking us further and deeper with him, but it's a beautiful, beautiful place to be. Something's got to change, Awakening Church. And Jesus wants to help us to get there. Jesus doesn't want to leave us alone. He wants us to get to where he wants to take us. And as we were looking at God's word today, man, I just kept feeling that somebody in this place needed to hear this message. Somebody here in this place needed to hear this. Maybe it's for the first time ever. Maybe you've been coming to church. Maybe you've never been saved. Maybe you don't, maybe you don't think you are in Christ right now. Well, God wants to change that today. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Today is the day. As Carrie was speaking, I kept thinking, man, we don't know if we have tomorrow. We don't know if you're going to leave this place, get in a car wreck, and not come back next Sunday. None of us are guaranteed the next hour. Don't let the day go by without knowing beyond the shadow of a doubt that you are in Christ today. And if you are in Christ, man, this message, wasn't, it's not something you can just skip over and say, man, I've been saved. I got a brother. This message wasn't about that. This message was also about, man, God still wants to change you today. God is interested in continually changing us. Again, it's that sanctification word. The process never stops. The process never stops. And I don't want you leaving this place thinking, okay, man, I've got to go make some changes in my life. If that's what you say when you leave this place, you've missed the whole message because it's not about you changing yourself. It's about God changing you. What we need to do as we leave this place is to be thinking, and maybe the Lord already put some things on your heart, is be thinking, okay, what is it that needs to change in my life? I'm pretty sure all of us already know it. If you don't know it, the person sitting next to you does, ask them. (laughs) What do I need to change in my life, Lord? And then laying those things down, laying those burdens, those cares, those worries, those doubts, those fears, laying them at the cross of Jesus Christ and saying, Lord, do a work in me that I could never do. Do something in me that will, that will amaze the person sitting next to me. Make me a brand new person. Lord, give me a brand new start. Give me a new hope, a new vision, a new life. That's the promise of the New Testament. That's the promise Jesus has for us. And that's the promise Jesus has for you today. Change is possible through Jesus, and he wants to take us there. Would you guys bow your heads as we pray to close? Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for this church. Lord, I thank you so much for your presence here in this church. Lord, I thank you that as we go through changes and as we think of things that need change in our lives, Lord, you don't just leave us alone. You don't abandon us. You take us and you walk us 